Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Place, and I'm joined here, as always, with Ben and Colin. In today's episode, not only do we have a very highly anticipated guest, but it's also our Super Bowl episode, and it just so happens to be our very special guest. His favorite team is playing in the Super Bowl for the first time in, I think, 31 years, something around that number. Mm-hmm. Um, but David Bombries, one of our better listeners. I would say the best listener. No yes, offense sir. to my parents, but. <laughs> our number Welcome. one fan, David Bombries. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for having guys for having me on. My avid listener, you know, and <laughs> Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Exactly. David, yes, I'm going to start off by asking you this. Going into the season hearing all the rumors of Jamar Chase having drop problems, um, the debate whether the Bengals should have drafted Jamar or draft uh, Penny Sewell, Joe Burrow coming off ACL, and Zach Taylor not really having a good first couple of years. What was your kind of thought process with the Bengals going into the season? So I remember sitting and watching that, that draft day and I remember sitting there and I was just like you gotta pick Penesul like you don't don't mess up the pick your quarterback got massacred last year you gotta pick Penesul you gotta be safe and take the pick and I admit when they picked Jamar Chase I was a little definitely a little skeptical I wasn't the happiest but I mean the guy you knew the guy at town I was like I know he's gonna be a great wide receiver you know but still it was kind of lingering in my mind that they should have picked Panay Sewell, but I mean, hey, I mean, it could have been could have been even worse, you know, they could have picked someone that doesn't even play or, you know, I mean, exactly. they picked they picked the most productive Bengals wide receiver in a single season. Exactly. What, six, over six, over 1,600 receiving yards in his rookie season. It's um, broke the single season record by Bengals receiver for receiving yards uh in his rookie season uh kind of surreal i mean and i i mean i already have a jamar chase jersey so it's it wasn't it doesn't even take me past this rookie year to get a jersey what color david i got a gray alternative one because i'm getting i'm getting the color rush burrow one like the white Mm. color rush ones joe Joe shiesty yeah when you turn when you when you take uh you mentioned the Joe Burrow uh injury, the Jamar Chase drops, um, and then the lack of an offensive line, um, some kind of misfit signings um on the defensive side the past couple of years, at least we thought. Um, and being in what we also thought was the toughest division in football, obviously didn't project well for the Bengals. So us and many others out there didn't see them getting more than five, six wins. So this is probably the most improbable Super Bowl team I've seen in my lifetime. I want to oh, go back. Yeah. I want to go back to the apparel thing real quick. I don't know if you've gotten the chance to see yet, David. I sent these to mm-hmm. Colin the other night. Have you? Or I'm sure you saw it from the picture of them landing. Have you seen those white Nike texts that the Bengals got? I guess both the Bengals and Rams, but the 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 jackets that Burrow and all the players were rocking. Oh, you know what I did. I thought and- those were awesome dude, like if the vikings those, were to make one and those were to drop because you can buy them yes. on fanatics 
I would drop any amount of money because mm-hmm. I thought those were sweet. Yeah, I trust me because I even I it's kind of like I I made I made kind of the a same purchase with like like a Mavericks jacket like the Dallas Mavericks jacket. I have a uh, an all like an all white Mavericks jacket. It's just really dope. So it reminded me of that, and I was I have I pay money for that Mavericks jacket. So I'm like. You know, I definitely could see myself yeah. for that jacket. It was sick. I I thought those were sweet. I mean, I, I think oh, it was are. like 160, so I'm not even a Bengals fan. Mm. I, I, I gave it some thought, but yeah. I mean, the Bengals, yes. the, the the purchase for Jamar and, and the gray alternate, I think, sweet. Their color rushes are awesome. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty hard to mess up with black and orange, so they've got it figured out there, even though this has absolutely nothing to do with the players and the product on the field. But the jerseys are cool. Okay, oh, but yeah. didn't we say when they changed them that we weren't a fan of the change? I, or was that just me? I I think they, that was if, just you. If you remember, okay. they posted like a wrinkled up jersey on a hanger. Or at least that was the leak. And it was really funny because mm-hmm. the Bengals actually made a joke about that when they posted the, the uniforms they were going to be wearing in the Super Bowl because everyone flamed them for it way back when, like last off season. Yeah, Bengals, but, yeah. Bengals Twitter is something. Yeah, they, they are. <laughs> they have a great social media team. They uh, they got a, a lot of credit has to, to be done. I'm on, and I'm on Twitter like a good amount, and I see them, their post, it's every, I feel like it's every 10, 15 minutes. I see something new. There's always, they're always putting out just like some pretty cool content and stuff. So, it, I mean, they deserve, they deserve some praise, man. I see. Oh, yeah. My, my one critique, an all orange uniform would be sick. I know they wear the orange mm-hmm. with the black and sometimes yeah. orange with the white. I, I may be the only one here. I want to see an all orange, but, yeah, that's that's just me. I, I like can that. We, can we all agree, though, that no matter what the branding is, the jerseys, if the team is winning and they're playing well, everyone likes them. I seriously oh, yeah. think, like, like, the Washington one's got some bad reactions. But if they go and make the playoffs and they win football games in the next few years, I people, think their black uniforms were actually kind of cool. I think I like they're the ones a lot. I think their uniforms are cool. I didn't. I saw like the name and I was like, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just but, like, yeah, yeah, the name, but the, uh, the uniforms. I looked at them. I was like, you know what? Uh, those are cool uniforms. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't see how those can be like the uniforms could be offensive. I think they're pretty cool. Oh, yeah, personally. All right, David, I got another question. Yes, sir. So the Bengals had a terrific regular season, and they were hot entering the postseason. And I had them on my radar going into the postseason because mm-hmm. um, I've learned from past off seasons or postseasons that the hottest team going into the playoffs tend to do good. And I think when we did our uh, postseason predictions, I said, if it's a case where the two hottest teams in each league make the postseason, post, sorry, the Super Bowl, it would end up being the Bengals and 49ers. We were close. But throughout that whole playoff run, three games, the Raiders, the Titans, and the Chiefs, take me through your, you know, thought process for all three of those games, especially the Raiders one. Can we Let's skip, deep can we skip that Raiders the first one. Raiders game? We can. No, 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 Can we please? No, no, no. I think the Raiders won. we really need to talk about the Raiders game, right? Because <laughs> I remember coming off the regular season. I remember we had three games left to climb. I think we just, you know, it was pretty simple. You've, it's in, it was in our hands. Like, you know, you got to win at least one of these games. You got a good chance to get in. And I was like, and I was like, you know, these last three games aren't a given. I knew we put, we played the Chiefs, the Browns, and I can't remember who we played before the Chiefs. 
but I I don't think it was a given game. But the I Ravens. remember the Ravens. Ravens. See, that's I mean, even without Lamar, I'm st- I'm still sitting there. It's you know it's the Ravens. That's a divisional game. You know how divisional games are. They're always they can always just be close games no matter. Especially who. in the AFC North. Absolutely, especially with how competitive those teams are. <laughs> so I remember us, you know, playing the Ravens and we beat them. And then I was, it was looking towards the last two games, and I was like, you know what? If we lose to the Chiefs, that's okay, because I think we can beat the Browns the last week if we know we have to win to get in. But I remember watching that Chiefs game, and I thought we were out of it. It looked pretty rough going into the second half, and we fought back and beat them. And I was like, wow, it's kind of surprising. I was like, I mean, I was super excited, but then, you know, I was like, okay, well, we're playoff bound. You know, I didn't. I didn't know how to feel. I just wasn't expecting it from this year, but you know, that was kind of like towards the end of the season. I was just like, okay, this is awesome. Like we're in the playoffs. This is good for a team, a young team, especially, you know, you've got Joe Burrow, you got Jamar Chase, a lot of young guys playing, you know, so it was good to get to the postseason. And then, you know, I started playing the Raiders and I was like, mm, we can beat the Raiders. I was like, come on now. We can beat the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we can beat the Raiders. <laughs> You know, no offense, Colin, but, you know, we can, <laughs> we can beat the Raiders, you know. But even, you know, I knew we could beat the Raiders, but at the same time, you know, Derek Carr has been in the league for a long time. That's an experienced quarterback, you know. They've been through a lot. The Raiders organization most certainly has been through a lot this year. So it was going to be a close game, I thought, no matter what. And that was the actually Raiders- – yeah. yeah, the Raiders' last four games were just so chaotic, and every single mm-hmm. one down like the last play. I'm like, there's no yes. way. This. I'm like, who, who? I in my mind, I was like, whoever has the ball last is probably gonna win the game. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we were down like seven or eight points, whatever it was. Yeah, uh, God, we were so close. Um, <laughs> I wonder I, if we would have went for two if we had scored that touchdown at the end. See, that's I, what I, Rich Passaccia had those the balls to do that. See, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, you know what? If they score and they go for two, I might cry. Like I actually <laughs> might have cried because I that game, the Raiders game, I was actually shaking. Like that was oh, the most wow. nervous of the, the three games I watched. That was the most nervous I was for any of the three games. Was that game. And I think it's just because. I think it was – it's also that thing for young team, too. It's like you get over that hurdle quick, and it's been so long since the Bengals have won a playoff game. And, like, for them to, you know, just find a way to get it done. You know, Jermaine Pratt got the – inter- it's a good play on the interception at the end, too. Not a whole lot the Raiders could do. The Bengals just held them at the end there, and it was a lot of relief, I think. Because after that game, you're like, you know, you just – no expectations. You just go. You got your playoff win. You haven't oh, won yeah. one in 30 years. You just – you're going to Tennessee. I, you know, I live in Tennessee now, so – Yeah. I live in enemy territory, so. And I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Nashville as awesome as people say? And did you go to that game? I think – I love it. I love it down here as opposed to living up north and, you know – living in illinois i think it's the I think frozen people, tundra of illinois yeah, exactly yeah. man it was it was uh it was like 60 something degrees today it was great you know so oh, bastard <laughs> i know i got i got buddies like it's gonna be pissed like froze it's like snow on the ground man i'm like oh it's like 65 <laughs> degrees down here but no nah, I, I remember 
actually that day that Tennessee played Cincinnati, I had to work all day at where I was working. So I couldn't go anyway, but I, I pretty much, I watched the whole game while I was at work, you know? So I, I, there wasn't any way I wasn't going to watch that game. But Come I was on. wearing – I wore my Bengals stuff to work because there was no way I wasn't going to wear my Bengals stuff. That's so why I told my mom, wear my Bengals stuff, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm wearing the Bengals stuff. But then all – you know, we got – uh, you know, my coworkers were wearing their, their Titan stuff, and they – and then they were talking trash, and it was a whole back and forth, man. But the one thing <laughs> I'll never – <laughs> the one thing I'll never forget is uh, it was like a couple hours before the game when we were working. And a, I, I think it was seven or eight Bengals fans came in, like seven or eight Bengals fans. I mean, they're decked out in their Bengals stuff. They're all dressed. I'm like, I was like the happiest guy ever, man. I was smiling <laughs> ear to ear. I was like, there's other Bengals fans out there, man. And they actually, they actually went to the game. They were telling me about how they were going to go to the game. So it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. I was supposed to go to Nashville last year. Um mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Iowa didn't have any fans for their football games. Um, and they made the bowl game against Mizzou. So I was like, I absolutely have to go to this game because I haven't been to the game all year. So me and my dad got tickets to go to Nashville. And then Ben's school wimped out of the game. So Your school got go. COVID. Iowa did not get COVID. <laughs> Iowa did not get COVID. Mizzou got COVID. Um, but, yeah, it was tough. I, I need to get out there someday. Hopefully, maybe in the next time the Raiders play the Titans, I'll go. Um, and then finally, are you I'm, – I'm sure you've been to Cincinnati. Do you have family in Cincinnati? Uh, I have family close to Cincinnati. They live in Toledo, so they're a little farther away from Cincinnati. But I actually had a cousin oh, yeah. who, uh, who went to the game. She was actually at the game so oh, wow. with her husband, which was, which was really cool because they're big Bengals fans too. So, you so, know – I remember seeing that like uh, my mom showed me like on Facebook and stuff. And I was like, so, oh, have you had Skyline sick. Chili? <laughs> I have not, unfortunately. Oh wow! I, you know, because you know, I know, I know it's, it's it's bad on my part. It's a little embarrassing. But, you know, I, I ain't afraid to admit it. I ain't afraid to admit it. But what I was gonna say was, the, I mean, the last time I went to a Bengals game, it was, I think it was six or seven years ago, and I remember when we played the Ravens earlier this year. When it was, I can't remember the final score, but we blew him out. It was Jamar Chase had an amazing game. We blew him out in Baltimore. And I remember them talking about the Bengals had never beat out a team that bad since they played uh, the Vikings. So, sorry, Ben. You know, they played the Vikings <laughs> back in, I think it was 2014. And it was a I, game that I went to. So. I remember that game solely because Giovanni Bernard had a crazy touchdown where he, he ran did. like 40 yards just to go like 20 yards. He was going all over the yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. I know what game you're talking about, though. That literally sums. I mean, that sums up Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, <laughs> just running everywhere. He's gets like a two yard gain. Shoot, literally ben, Giovanni Bernard. Ben, are you a fan of Skyline Chili? I can't remember. I am a fan of Skyline Chili, which is mm. crazy does because it, like, does it live up to the hype? Then I think it does, but I you you either love it or you absolutely despise it. Think it is the most disgusting thing ever. So I like I it. Go. Um. But it's I would not be shocked. I like it though because I it's like it's not the the texture of it skyline is like it's more like soupy. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Well, I I like I've, uh, I will eat I'll eat anything. I don't care what it's like what it feels like. It tastes good. I love it. So, amen. I, I mean, you have to be prepared amen. for a cinnamon taste. 
That's yeah. Oh, that's that's that. what I've heard. I've I think out of all four of us right here, I think I'm the closest to Cincinnati. I'm only about two and a half hours. David, I don't know how yeah, close I got a, you are. I got a bit of a drive. Okay. Yeah. So um I do want to try it. From what I've heard from the people that you know lived around Cincinnati, have known a handful going to college in Ohio. Um, I would say about 70% of the people I've asked about it hate it, despise it, don't even want to think about it. The other 30% are in Ben's category. We're like, hey, we like it. I'd, um, I want there's to no middle it. ground. Exactly. Sorry. It potentially could be the most controversial food in America. I think you could make that argument. Skyline I, chili. I think people who live there and grew up there and like were born into it, love it, and will stand behind it. And then there's just the people that never live there. Like, just because if you just look at it, it looks so unappetizing. And that's another <laughs> thing. Like, the people that don't try it just already hate it because it does not look good. Like, as a person who likes it, I will admit it does not look appetizing, like the chili itself. But um, it's it's one of the more, like you said, controversial just because there's zero. Like, there are plenty of foods out there that we all are saying, like, okay, it's not the great best, it's not the worst. But with Skyline, it's either, like, I would take a Skyline chili bath or I never want to see this thing within a 100-mile radius. <laughs> I'll take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that, that's the other thing I want to bring up. Ben likes Skyline chili, but Ben is also one of the most pickiest eaters I have ever met. No one should wow. ever listen to my food preferences and like, I guess, takes on food. So that most people that are close to me and usually most people that listen to this podcast, like know me pretty well and know that that's the case. So that's one thing that's funny because like if, if someone just looked the type of food I eat, you would not think I would like <laughs> Skyline Chili. You'd think there's like too much flavor in it, but yeah. It's, it's, ingredients. it's, it's the one thing that is kind of off the the trajectory for me well well ben will walk into jimmy john's and order uh bread in like turkey and call Correct. it a day. <laughs> oh, <the> meal sorry all right hey man we're a little bread, off topic bread and turkey we're... is easy man it's it's very simple. easy it's, yeah, it's a simple, simple you know? man we're a simple guy we got can't here. go wrong <laughs> we're getting a little off day. topic we're getting a little off topic i love uh, maybe food conversation um I want to talk a little bit about the Rams, give them credit. Uh, Rams were kind of a mystery team going into the postseason. We knew that if they put all the pieces they had together, we knew they were going to contend. They just hadn't done that all year. And from the first game on, they hit the ground running, uh, killing the Cardinals, potentially uh, ending Kyler Murray's football career. We'll get to that later in the podcast. Um, Then retiring Tom Brady. The next week, which we'll then get to that, and then um, at home in the NFC Championship game, beat out uh, Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers. We Debo. shout out Debo. Yeah, that that Bucks game was. We never got to talk about that Bucks game, did we? No, we and did there's not. there's no way any of us took the Rams in that game, right? I didn't. I would no, highly doubt no. you. No. I was very admittedly not high on the Rams coming to the playoffs. They had barely hung on to the NFC West title. They had lost the uh, they had lost the game in the in the end of the season to the 49ers to let them in. But thankfully, Seattle beat Arizona, so the Rams hung on. So one, they were going in kind of just skin of their teeth, barely won the division to get a home game. That was number one. And the number two, 
for me, I thought they were the team facing the second most pressure out of all the playoffs team. I had Green Bay at number one because of the whole last dance thing with Rodgers. Mm. But I had the Rams at number two because they had set, given up so much assets in terms of draft picks to build this team. I thought they were going to face a lot of pressure to make it to the NFC Championship game at the very least. I liked their chances, especially once I saw that they were going to be facing Arizona at home. I gave them a win there. But outside of that, I gave them almost zero chance to go to Tampa Bay and get a win. I thought Brady, even without his receivers, would play well, which I guess Brady did still play well, but Stafford far outperformed my expectations to give them the win there. And then they they were given a break getting to play the NFC Championship game at home rather than have to travel to Lambeau. So that definitely helped, even though they didn't necessarily have the most fans in their stadium for the NFC Championship. It was still a big advantage from because we know how Stafford has fared in Lambeau his career. So um like I said, admittedly was not high, but this team, even though they weren't hot getting into the postseason, they got hot once they got here. I think the matchup against Arizona was really big because that was an Arizona team that is a young core and was not ready for the playoffs. And it was kind of, I guess, a get right game for the Rams because, I mean, Odell had a big game when they were doubling cups. Stafford kind of a good game for him to get his first playoff win because there was really never any nerves and he didn't have to make a big throw one time that game and their defense put on a good showing against a mobile quarterback like Kyler, a quarterback they got torched by when they played in LA back in like week four, all those things together, I believe really propelled them into having the confidence to say, Hey, we can go beat the greatest player of all time in Tampa Bay and then take care of business against one of the hottest teams in the league with one of the most dominant players at the time in Debo Samuel. So I, I think we're going to look back on this, especially if the Rams win it and say that Arizona game was was the get right game, the launching pad into what became a potential Super Bowl winning team. Yeah, and I love like this is the most talented roster in the league. It has the most star power. And that's my favorite thing about it is there so many of them have never won a ring. Stafford, um, Odell, Sean McVay, um, all looking for their first. Aaron Donald, maybe the best defensive player we've ever seen. Uh, and obviously Cooper Cup, who's the best receiver in football right now. So a lot of opportunities for these guys to get their first ring. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we can't be surprised by what's happened with them, um, given the talent that they have. Uh, the Tampa Bay and Niners games were hard-fought games. Uh, and Stafford proved a lot. So I, I feel like Stafford um, had a lot of doubters come back as the year went on. I mean, he had, like, 15 picks in the regular season um but he, he's he's finished strong and it's been very nice to see this team mesh and really come together oh yeah um i mean you pretty much hit the uh nail on the head there i uh i do think and we'll get to our super bowl uh kind of game predictions here in a second but i do think this upcoming game is going to be one in the trenches on both sides of the ball, really, um, for both teams. And right now, the Rams have been uh, – that's honestly how they were able to upset uh, the Buccaneers. They were able to get pressure on Brady with four consistently. And if you can get pressure with four consistently, that's how you win in the playoff games, especially with having um, a, you know, stud guy in the secondary like Jalen Ramsey. And the biggest thing is, too – Although that Buccaneers team was missing Tristan Wirfs, they were getting pressure with four against a decent offensive line. I mean, Ryan Jensen in the middle at center there is no joke, and they have some other pieces there as well. If you just think about Go that, ahead. the potential for pressure against this Bengals offensive line is very, very scary. Um, yes. 
Obviously, I don't think that's going to be the deciding factor because we saw the Bengals were over to overcome the nine sacks that they had against Tennessee. But I will say if it was nine, once again, there is no way that the Bengals could win this football game because with the Tennessee game, the offense was not good enough to take advantage. It was a sloppy Tennessee offense. Tannehill kind of sucked with this Rams offense. If the Bengals, if the Bengals, don't get anything going on offense early and Burrow is constantly getting sacked, the Rams will most likely take advantage. It looked like it was going to go like that way last week when the Chiefs jumped out 24-3 or whatever it was. Then the Bengals defense really stepped up and the Bengals offense then proceeded to turn it on. But I I can definitively say if Burrow is sacked probably even like five plus times that this is going to be a, a Rams win. Yeah, I, I I think it's important too that like you talk about like specifically Zach Taylor is an, a very aggressive head coach. He's very, very conservative. You can tell he plays stuff by the numbers. You know, he's not, he doesn't take many risks. He's very safe. And while it's frustrating to watch sometimes as a Bengals fan, you can understand, especially with a young team, why he wants to play so conservative. You know, he wants some, he doesn't want this young team to make all these mistakes essentially, you know? So, but I think, especially when you talk about the battle in the trenches for the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just, in my pets, man on man. I mean, try to stop Aaron Donald is what it's going to be for me at the end of the day. You're going to have to give him attention the entire game. You're going to have to probably chip him and probably have to chip, find a way to do that same thing to Von Miller because the scary thing is the more attention you give to Aaron Donald, the more of a chance Von Miller is going to have to, to cause problems and he has um been very very scary this postseason you know he's oh, yeah. he looks like the von miller we all know he is and that's a scary scary sight especially when you have aaron donald with just grabbing so much attention too and you know that bang the Bengals offensive line i mean it's you know it's pretty obvious i mean it's the weak point of the team it has been they didn't address it really over the offseason they picked up riley reef but i mean you know it's Riley Reef. You know what you're getting with him. He's not, you know, he's nothing amazing, you know. So I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think especially like when Ben brought up the win, I think it's really important that you brought up the win that they had at Arizona. You know, especially a team that broke them early in the season. I mean, dominated them. You always know, said week four, week five. I mean, to come back, especially in the post in the postseason and show that team that, you know. You're you're the team on top, you know, and to show that young team that you're that team on top. That's I think it was big for them too, especially you know, and when you have mentally tough guys like uh, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. I mean, those guys are going to will you to wins. So, you know, that's what I have to say about the Rams so far. I think just the the defensive playmakers they have. It's just I mean, it's something else. You don't typically see that many players on one defensive unit but they've they've caught it they really do i think that cardinals, i think that cardinals matchup too may have even been the best possible matchup the Rams to even had out of all the teams they could have hosted because the 49ers obviously were we saw the run that they were on how hot they were that would not have been a good matchup whatsoever for the rams and even the eagles the running ability i think may have made it somewhat closer than arizona did because arizona was not running the ball well at the time and they really couldn't throw it 
where at least Kyler did not look good throwing the football. So I think even the Eagles, maybe with their running tech, make it a little bit closer. But with the Arizona team, um, I think it's like, like I said a couple of times, it was really they kind of hit their stride with that game and it really propelled them into the next two against Tampa and 49 or two really good, really good teams. And I, I had them be, I had them losing to Tampa. So I, they, they definitely proved me wrong. Yeah. All right. Before we go into our official Super Bowl predictions, um, who's going to win the game spread all that we have to talk about everyone's favorites Super Bowl prop bets. That's right. It's time. I have a list of them. So you guys go ahead and give me your winner right off the top of your head. The first right. one, obviously have to start with the national anthem. Over under is set at 95 seconds. Now I looked it up for you guys. The singer of the national anthem this year is three time, uh, sorry, uh, four time Grammy nominated country music artist, Mickey Guyton. Now, as a country music fan, I couldn't tell you who the hell Mickey Guyton is. Um, so shout out to him. But over under 95 seconds for the national. I am I'm smashing the over on this. I think this goes closer to two minutes. Um, I mean a minute 35. Um, I think this goes over easily. That's that's just my gut reaction when hearing 95 seconds. I would have thought closer to mm. two minutes, but obviously I've never heard this dude sing and couldn't tell you how fast or slow it's his. I'm going to have to correct you. Mickey Guyton is a woman. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Donovan. <laughs> um, <laughs> really set me up there well. Uh, does that change your <laughs> No, it still doesn't change my pick. pick. I think I think 95 seconds is too low. But, yeah. I good, good call. Apologize. Good, call. good work. <laughs> I want to apologize to Mickey Guyton. Um, <laughs> in case she's terrible listening. mistake, I should have done a little more research heading into that. Uh, my apologies, but therefore, I'm taking the over over 95 seconds. I'm willing to say it is almost un American to bet the under on the national anthem. I'm going that far. Yeah, I just listened to uh, one of Mickey Guyton's top songs on Apple Music. She does have a beautiful voice, she's gonna want to. I can't. Okay, there we go. She's gonna want to put her put her voice on display in front of the millions in attendance or in watching on TV. My God, um, she's gonna want to display that beautiful voice. She's gonna go over the what was it ninety five? Ninety five. She's gonna go over the ninety five. Hmm. Now, I mean, it'd be easy to agree, but I don't. I don't know. I've never heard Mickey Guyton sing. She does. I mean, she does look like someone that would. She's gonna want to draw. She's gonna want to draw out her performance. It looks like it. Yeah, I got it. You got to go the over on that one. All right, our next prop bet I know is Ben's personal favorite when it comes to prop bet. The pouring on the winning team's head coach, Gatorade color. Now I'll run through the list. Orange is plus two hundred. Blue is plus three hundred. Green, yellow, lime is plus 450. Clear and water is plus 450. Uh, red or pink, plus 800. And then purple or violet is plus 1,000. I'll start off with this one. I know blue has been a popular color to pick recently. Um, 
but I got I you gotta go orange. I think orange I think orange is a good one this year. That may be giving up a pick I have for later, but I'm, I've got to go with the orange. I'm going to go here that uh, they don't grab the Gatorade one and they grab the water one, and that's what gets dumped. Is mm. it clear or water? Was it, what, plus 400? Plus 450. Okay. I mean, maybe there's some fix in that they, they tell the players, like, hey, you have to grab this one. It has to be Gatorade, but it's got a feeling it's going to be clear or it's going to be water. Mm. Interesting. Uh, now, your thinking is interesting there, Ben, because maybe they want to keep the coach, uh, you know, he'll be wet, but he won't be stained for the trophy presentation and whatnot. I'm going to go with uh, – now, I, I was thinking uh, last year the odds for red had to have been insane, um, given that it was Bucks chiefs I'm going to go red this year. It doesn't mm. make any sense whatsoever, oh. but it's a good flavor. And I look, I like the odds. It was like plus 800, 850, somewhere. In that yeah, I think it was 800. Perfect. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm going red. It makes absolutely no sense, but it's a good flavor. Maybe the team enjoys it. It makes sense because it makes no sense. Exactly. Especially with how the exactly. season's going, Colin. It's not what a great do. pick. I like the pick, but. He muted himself. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I, I pressed my mute button on accident. I'm back. I'm back. So, I, like I was saying, I'm going to have to go with Orange. So, there might okay. be a team in the Super Bowl that has a link to Orange. So, I'm going to have to go with Orange. I see where you're going with that. If, yeah, even yeah, if you're you know. wrong, you're putting out the good vibes into the air. See, that's the that's what we're trying. That's what we're trying to do out here. I need yeah. all that I can get because I'm scared of Aaron Donald. But – Yes, yeah. I'm gonna go with orange. I like I like the odds on them too. I can't remember what I can't remember what Donnie said, but I'm pretty. I think they were uh, orange was plus two hundred. So two I like one, that two to one odds. I like that. Yeah, I'm liking All the right. odds there. So go with orange. I'm thinking this prop bet coming up is gonna be my personal favorite. So we've we've seen ads for it. Um, this is supposed to be a very hyped up Super Bowl halftime show. So this prop bet is who is the first person to be performing during the Super Bowl halftime show? Snoop Dogg is plus 300. Dr. Dre is plus 350. Eminem plus 400. Mary J. Blige plus 550. And Kendrick Lamar plus 550. I'll start. I think the trailer kind of gave it away to begin with. I think the first one we see Slim Shady himself, Eminem, plus four hundred. I love those odds. I honestly, I well, I've I've looked so little into this halftime show. Obviously, I knew about who was performing and the, the group, but I've I haven't even seen the trailer. I haven't watched it, so oh, I'm wow. just gonna I'm just gonna play the favorite here. I have I have no no like basis behind that. I'm gonna play the favorite. And go with Snoop Dogg. Mm, okay. You're telling me that the guy they show first in trailer uh, has plus 400 odds? I'm that, Exactly. That. Exactly. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, first thing that popped up, I thought he'd have the, the worst odds. I mean, you know what I mean? The, the least yeah. favorable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I immediately thought some shady. Uh, I don't I think there's no there's no way Snoop Dogg comes out first. They're gonna they're gonna bring in the middle, 
you know, he's a big, big person, but they're going to, they're going to find a way to bring him in somehow. It'll be funny. You know, people will like it, but uh, now I think some shady Eminem is the obvious pick to, to come out first. So are we, are we thinking Snoop Dogg's going to be baked out of his mind? Absolutely. I, we're, we're, we're going to get to the, one of those prop beds. We only have a couple more left. So bear <laughs> with me. Um, but David, you went with Snoop. Was that what you went with? No, I said Eminem. I said, there's Eminem. no, I think there's no way Snoop comes out first. Got it's it, crazy. Got it, got He's it. got low sides there. All right. First song played during the halftime show. California Love plus 270. Family oh. Affair plus 500. The next episode plus 550. Still Dre plus 550. Nothing but a G thing plus 650. Lose Yourself plus 700. Drop It Like It's Hot. Plus 750, all in the stars and humble plus 1000. I gotta go lose yourself. Sporting event, lose yourself and a sporting event, just they just go together. And you can't yeah. tell me otherwise. And yeah. at plus 700, oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Seven to one odds. Oh. I'm going no, the favorite to again. Put the here. rent on this. I'm going the favorite again here with California Love. I mean, you know how corny the NFL is with, like, the – I mean, we see it all the time with, like, Madden, how they have to play the songs that have the football references. Like, I could totally see the NFL, because obviously they have a say in this, going with here where it's, like, we got to show the home state some love. Like, they, they love those, like, analog- not analogies, but, like, stuff like that. Like, they're just all for that, even though, the, like, half of fans absolutely despise it. And I could just see them saying, hey, you're going to come out to California Love to entertain our fans who paid $9,000 to come watch this game in person. I'll agree with Ben on that one. The, you know, it's, it's, it's a great song, but, you know, they're in California. It makes sense. I could what – if, what if we get bamboozled here and they all just come out at the same time? Mm. Oh, jeez. Uh, that, would, that, would, that would suck. But I can just see it. Yeah, I was, it's Camera- fitting. The, the the camera pans in to the whole stadium, the stage, and all you hear is just those lose yourself piano keys yeah. right at the beginning. With the lights turned off, slowly turn on. Yes. Oh, be I see it. I see it now. Yeah, see that's seven to one. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, you know what? There's the when you said that, I mean I, I, Donnie's on the money, I think. With that, Thank with you. that, he's Thank absolutely on the this. money. There's no way they don't start that halftime show with the piano chords from lose yourself and the, there's no way they don't start it out like that that is kind of what i envision but you know i don't you know i could definitely see them doing california love because it's the nfl and of course they would but i think donnie's on the money here gotta all right agree with, agree with donnie again you know now david if the bengals where are you gonna be watching this game just with family oh yeah just with family if the Bengals are losing at halftime, will you watch the halftime show? <sighs> mm. Mm. You know what? If Great lose your, if, if lose yourself plays first, then I will. But <laughs> if it. California Love play starts playing, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, I'm out of yeah. here. I just Great. can't. It'll inspire me. Lose yourself or inspire me. You know, It'll keep keep my hopes high. You know, <laughs> keep keep me up. Final prop bet. Final one. Will Snoop Dogg smoke a blunt? on stage yes or no during the halftime show would it be fantastic content yes do i think it'll happen i'm going to go with no 
Um, what are I've the heard, odds? I've heard some stories. Uh, yes. About- <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I, I've seen odds all over the place. I saw plus 200 some places Whoa. on the site that I'm reading these off right now. It is yes, plus 110, no, minus 145. I would have thought they'd be worse odds because I just – I've heard some funny stories about the stuff they have, like they let halftime performers get away with because obviously this mm-hmm. is such a watched event. And, like, knowing the NFL, I I would not be shocked if they gave a hard no to this. But would it be awesome and fantastic content? Yes. <laughs> it would be awesome. There's tons of children watching. I'm gonna say the NFL <laughs> doesn't want it. I'm gonna. I think no is more likely. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna have to agree with you there. I mean, we, we all want it. Yeah, of course we do. Of course, it'd be. I think amazing. you're asking yourself the wrong question. I, I I'm directing this at Colin. Colin, I think you're asking yourself <laughs> the wrong question. Does the NFL want this to happen? Absolutely not. Does Snoop Dogg give a shit? Absolutely not. <laughs> true <laughs> true. he does not care he's no. gonna do it anyways that's why i'm putting my money on yes okay all right will you actually now, put your money on yes uh, if i can find a bookie that can find me a place to put that bed and i'll do it um <laughs> but let's get serious this time the actual game itself Bengals, Rams, in SoFi, in L.A., Rams playing a home game, essentially. Um, I think the line last time I checked was four. I'm going to double-check it. I got four and a half. Mm -hmm. You got four and a half? Yep. Let's call it four and a half. Rams minus four and a half. I don't know what the over-under is, but I'm giving you my pick first. And, David, I want to apologize ahead of time. Because it is going to be so tough for the Bengals to stop the pass rush. I mean, like I said earlier in the show, if you consistently rush four on the quarterback, you can win any game. I think with how bad the Bengals offensive lines bid and how good the Rams defensive lines, you could make a case Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, and Leonard Floyd are the only three guys rushing and they still get pressure. So it, it just completely makes sense, especially what we saw last year in the Bucks playing a home game. Rams at home, Rams favored, Rams probably the better defense, probably the better team overall. It just makes so much sense for the Rams. However, it makes too much sense. Give me Bengals plus four and a half. Joe Shiesty, let's go Bengals. You're picking for the people. Yes, you're picking for, for the people. Yes. For the people. It makes too much sense. Donovan's picking for the people. I considered it, but I can't do that. I'm not that type of guy. Mm. I gotta I mm. gotta be completely mm. honest here. I'm going with the more talented squad. I just I just got a gut feeling that Cincinnati falls one game short. Um and I just it's so tough. I shouldn't count out. I'm not counting him out by any means, but I shouldn't go against Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. These guys know how to win. He's going to burn you. He's going to burn you. I know. Burn you. I'm going with the Rams. I mean, I got to ignore the Joe Shiesty for one moment and just consider how dominant this Rams defensive line is and how shit the Bengals offensive line is. It's such a mismatch. Um, 
And I, I think those Rams receivers aren't going to have much of an issue getting open. I'm sorry. I have 27 to 20 Rams. So give me the cover. I do think it 27, 20. I think the Bengals will have a shot to go win it at the end. They're going to fall short. Um, Rams 27, 20, lock it in. That also means I have the, Oh, we'll get there. Oh, before I forget, uh, I saw it all over Twitter today, so I'm sure some of you have also seen it. But the Simpsons predicted this a while back. Yes, they had a they Super did. Bowl yes, graphic. Yeah, Bengals Rams, Bengals 34, Rams 31. Oh, it's the Simpsons. Oh, I mean, that's they, they really did. That is yeah, that is like, wild. There were multiple scenes too where it had that. I mean, like with Bengals jerseys, and then on the TV it said oh, yeah. final yes. score, um, Cincinnati thirty-four, LA thirty-one, and that didn't even factor in my decision. I mean, I picked up. I didn't even like the Titans. I didn't even think that they were a like a real Super Bowl winning team. Same. And I picked. I still picked them to beat the Bengals. I said they'd win by a field goal, and then I picked the Chiefs to win last week as well over the Bengals. I am done betting against this team for whatever reason. I mean, that like you said. It makes so much sense for them to not win this game for the Bengals. They are especially comparing their offensive line to the Rams' defense. There is no reason that Burrow shouldn't be sacked a million times and the Bengals only score 10 points because they're also facing the best corner in football. But i just been wrong too many times. It makes too much sense in my mind for this game to not end on an Evan McPherson game-winning field goal. Mm. Thank I you. think that's the difference. To win it 34-34. I don't know about that. That'd be that'd be a pretty high-scoring game, but it would be a really fun game. But, yes, exactly. I, um, I've i said this all year. Like, you know, when I don't have a team going, I just want a good game, and that's really what I want here. So I would be happy for Stafford and Odell and all those guys if the Rams went in and got a win, as long as it's in a good game. But I just have to pick the Bengals here. I've been wrong on them all playoffs. I know I've been wrong on the Rams too, but I'm, I'm done betting against – I'm just done betting against this team, even though Mike Brown does not deserve this as the Bengals owner whatsoever. Absolutely agreed. Yes. Absolutely, Absolutely agree with you. 100% I, agree. As a David's a Bengals fan, I'm a Cincinnati yes. Reds fan. So I, yes. him and I know Cincinnati mm-hmm. sports owners. Um, Mike Cheap. Brown, Mike Brown got lucky that a generational quarterback fell right into his lap. He is not done. Yeah. Not fell hurting. to him at the number one overall pick. Yeah. Um, you forgot to mention that we could have uh, a side-by-side Joe Burrow with the cigar from college, NFL. Like, <sighs> Look, the triple Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow, America's quarterback. Bengals right now are America's team. You throw that with the Simpsons being America's TV show. This Super Bowl is just – it's for America. But I won't – I personally, though – I won't be upset if the Rams win at all. Like, and I, you don't know at all. I've been saying for years, I think Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer. And if Matthew Stafford retires Brady and wins the Super Bowl in the same year, I think you could say Matt Stafford's a Pretty Hall of Famer. Odell has been through a lot of dysfunction too in his career. This is true. Um, with the Giants and Baker Mayfield and Cleveland, um, everything that transpired and his injuries too. So it'd be very cool to see him win it. Oh yeah, I don't know. Woods, they're doing for they're doing for my boy Bob Woods. 
I don't know what the over under on T Higgins yards is, but whatever it is at, I am taking the over on that. Absolutely one. take the over. I was going to mention T Higgins. Yes. Because this guy has got number one receiver talent. He's just oh, yeah. playing the number two because there's a generational talent wide receiver ahead of him. But this guy is making catches that kind of surreal he's snagging the ball out of the air where no one else can get it he's i believe he's six four he's he's tall and he's lengthy and he looks like a pain for anyone to match up against and especially when jamar chase is going to be taking the attention away from jalen ramsey i think you open up t higgins and you open up tyler boyd who's a very underrated slot receiver very very good in the slot you know, but that bringing that to like to my predictions, I think, you know, it's tough for me too because I do like a lot of the Rams players. I love I love Jalen Ramsey. I think he's he's easily the best corner in football. It's not a I don't think it's a debate. It's not very close. Uh, the Aaron Donald deserves a ring. I think both those guys deserve rings. And I think another guy that people don't talk about is Eric Weddle, uh, mm. safety for the Rams. Can I retirement play with them? And he's actually, he's had a very productive postseason too. He's been great. And he, especially when he played for the Chargers, and even as a Bengals fan, when he played for the Ravens, I really like Eric Weddle. You know, I wouldn't, I would be happy to see him win at Super Bowl at the least. Most certainly him. Obviously, I'm picking the Bengals over the Rams. Uh, this game has to end on a McPherson field goal. Uh, I don't money Mac. There's no way other way this game can end. That's why you draft a kicker. That is why you draft a kicker. Bengals Twitter, (laughs) say it again. I think, but I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, even this Bengals offense in the postseason hasn't been super explosive and super, you know, dynamic. And I think a lot of that is due to some Zach. Taylor, conservative play calling. I think he knows that if he tries to play that way in the Super Bowl, he's going to get exposed and he's going to get hounded by that Rams defense. So I think he knows he has to really open up the offense and let Joe Burrow win them the game. And he can he brought them to the Super Bowl. He's won them the game. So no, no more first down and 10 Joe Mixon runs for one yard. I mean, how many times was it second and eight, second and nine last week? They got away with it, but you can't rely on that again. And that's another thing I want to bring up is they're, I mean, they're throwing these, it's third and seven plays where you're on the 40 yard line and you're throwing these weak, whether it be a bubble screen or it's just a quick screen to Joe Mixon, you're pretty much just, you know, you're kind of taking that 52 yard field goal. And I'm just like, try Call a play to try to get the first down, man. Yeah, there's I, nothing that pains me more is when you need like eight to ten yards and you throw behind the line of scrimmage. I exactly. hate it. It, it abs- absolutely drives me insane. He did that a couple times against the Chiefs. I'm like, and he's done he's done it all postseason. Specifically, I remember a few times in the first half when he did it against the Raiders, when the Bengals were settling for field goals and not scoring touchdowns, nearly nearly bit them in the ass that game. Really did. But, uh, yeah, I think Zach Taylor has really got to show that he's a, you know, a quality head coach that can – doesn't just play this conservative brand. He can answer the 
you know, he can answer the call against um, Sean McVay, who he used to be on the coaching staff for. So should be a very interesting, very interesting matchup. We all know how impressive Sean McVay is as a coach, but that'd be kind of rough to start off his career 0-2 in the Super Bowl, though. Absolutely tough. I know the first one was to Belichick, but yeah. it's still be, still be a rough, rough start. The, the first one was acceptable. It was to Belichick. It was to Brady. But to losing to his former, like, protege, quarterback coach for the Rams, Zach Tudor was, that'd be kind of rough. Um, also, real quick, shout-out to Missouri fans who have to endure this game because for them it is either, okay, I root for the Bengals, the team that just knocks my Kansas City Chiefs out of the playoffs – and stopped our budding dynasty from continuing as, as, a, as a Missouri fan. So you got to think of that dilemma. Or you root for the Rams, and you root for Stan Kroenke, who moved the team out of your state to L.A. So it really is a lose-lose for Missouri fans uh, oh out here. Oh, my. Mm. Oh, you root, for the, you root for the Bengals, though. That's, Stan Kroenke is – yeah, I think, exactly. I think there's some fans here that just, that just don't want to even think about it and, like – if, I'm They're sure rooting if for could, "Lose Yourself" yeah. to be the first song at halftime. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right. Also, if Joe Burrow was to win the Super Bowl, be the first player in football history to win the Heisman, the College Football Championship, and the Super Bowl, first ever, and you do it in a span of what three years? In and having a blown ACL. Yes, sandwich in the middle. That's insane. Crazy. That's insane. These first, the first half of this year, those games he played, still technically part of his kind of first rookie season. It was what is, I mean, you those first couple games of the season where yeah. he was making rookie throws, and it was like, it's just like I'm like, I mean, there are rookie throws. About it. You know, they he threw on three consecutive pass attempts against the Bears. He threw picks, yes. and the Bears beat the Bengals. I remember that crazy. Game. Also, if you guys remember too, the like this kind of got overshadowed by the Jamar Chase drops thing, but there were rumors in camp that Burrow did not look comfortable at all in the pocket after the yeah. knee injury thing. I mean, there were stories about he was kind of just telling guys to let up. He just didn't feel comfortable. It just when the pocket closed around him in camp, he just got all got kind of got all scared. And I remember being very worried about that. It's like, will we see this guy be the same, the type of pocket presence and mobility? And obviously he has gotten all of that back as the seasons went on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it just adds even more. I mean, first number one pick to go to the Super Bowl or whatever it was within his first two seasons, um, it just adds to the legend. Exactly. All right. I think that's going to wrap up our Super Bowl predictions. Before we wrap up the episode, uh, I want to run through one last segment. And uh, we didn't really have a chance to, uh, to, uh, did I cut off? No, you're still here. You kind of just sounded like you went inside of a microwave, but you're still here. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Something flashed up on my screen, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one last segment. We're going to grade all nine, I think it's nine, of the head coaching hires. Okay. So, I'm going to run through the Ooh. name teams. You give me a letter grade on what you think. All right. Okay. The first one, we'll talk about the Chicago Bears. Matt Eberflus, am I saying that right? You Correct. got it. Thanks. Sweet. So. Sweet. One for one. Um, I know he was Indianapolis's defensive coordinator. Now I'll go ahead and start. I was not a fan of this hire, mostly because the Bears haven't had a good offensive quarterback since Cutler, and before that, you can make the case ever. And I think Justin Fields is a good talent. I think you need to build an offense around him. 
And I think you needed an offensive coach to do that because they haven't really had that, a good offensive coach. Um, I think bringing in a defensive coach who he has done a great job in Indianapolis, don't get me wrong, and he's been hiring a bunch of his assistants to come help in Chicago. Um, I think it'll help the defense, but I don't necessarily think it's going to fix that offense. I give that hire a fat C+. Plus. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go just a little bit higher here than you, Donovan. I'm going to give this a B minus just because I do think Eberflus is a really, really good coach. I mean, you can look at some of the things he did in Indianapolis with that defense who had a really nice season again. He also kind of single-handedly took the dead corpse of Xavier Rhodes and turned him into a startable cornerback again. So lots of props there. And I think he will work in Chicago. I think it kind of will once again keep that defense scary and it'll make it a problem for the NFC North especially and and Kirk Cousins and the Vikings if Kirk comes back and the Packers and the Lions. So I think that will be a very big hire for them. This grade would be higher though if, like you said, it's just this Bears team, it's the same thing over and over. We want to play defense. We want to establish this, like, hard, tough culture. And that culture has not worked since 1985. I mean, if you looked at the press conference, Iberflu said, like, describe the 2022 Bears, and he said, like, strong or tough or something like that. And while that's not a bad adjective, it's just this franchise needs a culture overhaul, and they didn't really do it when they had the chance this offseason – with I like Ryan Poles a lot too. He was my favorite mm-hmm. in the final two for the Vikings job. It just it kind of keeps the same culture. And I think there were a lot of really good offensive coaches who could all turn out to be flaps, but the opportunity was there to shift it this offseason and they didn't do that. And we'll see. We could be sitting here in three years and the Bears have a dominating defense and Fields leads them on a playoff run. Or we're going to be sitting here when Mac is now gone, Fields didn't pan out, and this team is back in the cellar because they tried to go defense again, and it led them to three more years of poor quarterback play and a team that's barely above average. So I, th- I think those factors keep this grade from being higher. But overall, I, I think Everflus is a really good coach. I just don't love this situation. Yeah, I, I'm on the same page as Ben. I give him a B-. minus. I would have liked in the situation situation to see Chicago um, go with a more offensive-minded head coach uh, with their Justin Fields situation. But, I mean, the Colts, Colts have had a top-10 defense pretty consistently throughout the past three, four years. So, um, I don't – I'm no expert. I don't know um, – I don't know how much players, like, love Eberflus. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things are that are in the unknown, but – Based on what I do know, I'm going to give the B minus. Um, the dude obviously can coach. I just don't think it was maybe the right fit for this squad. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to give them a B minus too. I like what Colin said too about I don't think it's the fact that Everflus is a bad coach. I think he's a good coach. Obviously, the way he led that Colts defense, that Colts defense was one of the better defenses in the league. If you watch them play, they always made their presence known and they always play with energy was something that I always watch, like watching the Colts. But I, I think you got to go, you got to try to go for an offensive head coach. I, I think you try to, you try to interview Eric B I think as a guy immediately pops out. You, if you have to wait for him to interview him, I think you wait for him. I st- st- still blows my mind. They didn't do that. Or I think Brian Flores or Leslie Frazier were both good better picks over Eberflus anyway. I think Frazier's got the attitude. I think he's got the character. I I think he would fit Chicago perfectly. 
And I think same with Brian Flores, you know, even though he's got his whole debacle with the NFL right now, I think, uh, you know, it's not that it's a bad hire, but I think there were definitely better candidates out there for it. So. Fair enough. All right. Next head coaching candidate Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett. He was the offensive coordinator for the Packers the last, I think three years. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about Hackett, but just judging by the fact that um, I knew LaFleur was kind of, I mean, first off, Rodgers called the plays, and then second, it was LaFleur designing. So I'm not sure what Hackett has done. So I'm not going to diss him. I'm not going to give him too much credit for the whole, you know, Green Bay Aaron Rodgers. I'm just going to give him a C. I'm kind of in the same area. It's pretty unknown. And I'm trying not to – I'm trying to be objective here because we're going to get to some other coaches who are in a similar situation where, like, we don't really know how much they contribute to their team's offense. And I think I have some other coaches with a higher grade than I do here. But with Hackett, the problem is for me is they don't currently have the quarterback situation figured out. And how much can this guy really do going from Aaron Rodgers to potentially Bridgewater or Drew Locke or whatever – quarterback they ended up doing if it if this means they bring over Rodgers and it's obviously a home run but for now it's very it's it's I'm kind of right in the middle I'm gonna go see here yeah you guys are spot on um I I get a C plus I mean it's it's tough to it's tough to judge a guy when he's had that talented of a quarterback with him um obviously they should have a good offense I think there's probably better offensive minds out there that's the direction they wanted to go um, and yeah, I don't know a ton about this guy. Uh, like Ben said, if, if, if it manages to bring Aaron Rodgers to Denver, it's automatically an A-plus hire. Um, I just don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with most of what you guys said as well. I think I didn't know much about Nathaniel Hackett either. Admittedly, when I had heard of the hire, I knew he was offensive coordinator for the, the Packers, but I didn't know too much about him. I remember looking him up. He, I remember he started his career in the NFL. Then he went back to college for, I think it was a year or so, came back to the NFL. He's main, mainly was a quarterback's coach. With the Jacksonville Jaguars he was. And then, you know, obviously, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. But he's, he's mainly been involved in, you know, the quarterback's coach, that kind of role. You know, I don't know how much putting him in the head coaching position helps them, especially for as just, bad as an offense that the Broncos have been over the years. I mean, they just looked, I mean, they looked just horrible. I mean, offensively over the past few years, but you know, I, if they get Rogers, it's going to be good for them. You know, Hacken knows Rogers very well. It's no surprise, but until I see them get Rogers, I don't, I'm going to have to go probably C C minus on this one. Fair enough. All right. Next one, Brian Dable. This is, this is a big one. Brian Dable, OC for the Bills the last couple of years, going to the Giants. Now, Giants don't look like a competent team, and I know a lot of people are going to knock uh, Dable's kind of scheme, which is very pass-heavy, not running the ball. But I think if there was a team he would go to and still have that same mindset, I think the Giants would. Giants have a lot of receivers, uh, they still have Sterling Shepard. They have uh, Tony, who they just drafted. They have uh, – I'm forgetting one of the big ones. 
What's his name? Galladay on the four-year deal. Galladay. Galladay Galladay didn't have a good year last year, but I have faith that he can bounce back. Um, And Daniel Jones, that's honestly just going to be the big X factor. And Daniel Jones is similar to Josh Allen as a big guy who's kind of mobile, big arm. It's just going to be a situation where can Daniel Jones progress or regress? And I, I'm willing to give Danny Dimes another shot, um, but I do think if he does not do well this next year, he's he's done. But I'm giving one more chance. If I do like the hire, I'm giving this an A minus. I'm in a similar boat to you, Donovan, on the Daniel Jones thing. One more year, if you can't figure it out, especially the turnover problem, it's it's time. I mean, I said this going into last year or going into the 2021 season that I think Daniel Jones will be reduced to a backup within the next couple of years. Cause I just don't see it, but I think you have him ride it out this year with Brian Dable, who I think is a massive upgrade over Joe judge. I really, really like Dable as a coach. I think his scheme works. I'm going to give this B plus because there is a chance that it just does not work with Daniel Jones. And then who knows if they can find another quarterback like fast because there's not going to be a ton of free agent ones next year. You would have to either trade or find a stud in the draft, which maybe they do in Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. But I, it's just kind of my gut feeling is telling me this is going to be a situation where it just does not work with Daniel Jones, not to the fault of Brian Dable, just Daniel Jones isn't that good. And then they can't find another quarterback. Um, so that kind of will hurt Dable. But regardless, I still think B plus because I really like Dable and he could totally change the really bad culture that was set by Joe Judge. Yeah, I I mean, his scheme did work. Um, it worked with Josh Allen. Um, and we don't really know how much of that offense was kind of Josh Allen improvising and maybe bailing him out sometimes. I mean, that's possible. Um, I Yeah, I'm not a Daniel Jones believer. So if this doesn't work out in year one, um, I don't think anybody will be uh, too critical of Dable. Um, I'm going to give it, I'll give it a B. Um, I like him better than some of the other candidates. It's, it's just tough to say right now. Um, it's, it's not going to be an easy job in that market to turn that team around. That's been dysfunctional for quite some time, but I think he has a shot. And I think people, and I know that's asking a lot of New York, but I think it's going to require some patience. I'm just gonna say I, sh- I love the Brian Dable signing. I think it's an I think it's an easy A. I mean, this guy, has been a f- part of five Super Bowl teams. The guy has got winning culture, and you check even just his history among when he moves teams. You know, he can change teams from, you know, like even I just had like one example. He, you know, one year he was in the 2000 when he was with the Patriots. They were five and eleven. Next year they were eleven and five. And he goes to the he goes to the Jets in 2007. They were four and twelve. Next year they're nine and seven. And Buffalo Bills 2018 six and ten to ten and six and thirteen and three and eleven and six. So I mean, this guy he's been part of all kinds of he's been a wide receivers coach, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. He's got so much experience, so much winning experience too. I think it's important to say he's not just a a scheme guy who's gonna you know just try to implement the scheme he had in Buffalo. He's not that kind of guy, especially you can tell from, you know, how he's moved teams. So I think it's, I think it's, 
I mean, for the Giants, they need a culture change, huge culture change. And he's perfect to do it. So I give that an A, A plus, I think. Yep. All right. These next handful, let's run through real quick because getting episodes getting kind of long. Josh McDaniels, OC for Patriots. Um, I think this will be interesting. I'm going to give him a B plus. I think it's a C plus. Um, I'm a notorious uh, McDaniels hater. I mean, the way he's kind of just left his mark on franchises with the Broncos was a mess. And then the whole Colts thing, signing and then backing out and kind of screwing over his assistants. I just don't necessarily like the guy. I think he's a Belichick product, and we know how New England uh, New England assistants fare once they leave. I don't really like this. I think C-plus can be a little bit generous, so uh, we'll see, but not a fan. I love the hire. This is an easy, easy A for me. Um, the fact that we were able to pair, pair McDaniels with the Patriots, uh, Ziegler. I think it's Ziegler, not Ziegler. I think it's Ziegler. Um, I love it. The two have been working together forever. They've learned from the best. They know how to win. They know what a winning culture looks like. And McDaniels is an offensive genius. I think he's, this is the best possible guy we could have got for Derek Carr, um, who I want us to sign long-term. Um, and, yeah, I mean, his stint in Denver, it was a while back. I think he's learned from it. He's acknowledged um, since he's been hired, he's acknowledged his failures in Denver um, and what went wrong. And I think he's I think he's going to be a great hire for this organization. It finally feels like the Raiders have done the right thing and are moving in the positive direction. So I'm fired up. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's not too much to say about this one. I'm in the middle about this one. I don't know. Something about Josh McDaniels doesn't – I think probably it, was, it might still be that, that character thing in, in Denver that still kind of looms large, you know, maybe – you know, people people change, especially coaches. But you know, I think he's a a D. I give him a B minus. I think, but I think the Raiders are definitely moving in the right direction with the hire, and it wouldn't surprise me if McDaniel's, you know, showed out even even in just this next season right here. So, all right, next one, Ben's Vikings. Kevin O'Connell. I personally don't know a lot about Kevin. I know he was the OC for the Rams this past year. Before that, I know he worked with the Washington football team. Um, I I don't know enough about him. Um, so with that, I'm going to throw him in the same boat as Hackett and just give him a C. I think this is a very similar to Hackett. Uh, I will end up giving him a slightly better grade than Hackett, and I'll tell you why here in a second. Um, one, as you mentioned, McVeigh assistant, and a lot of those have fared well. I mean, it's literally a McVeigh assistant here in the Super Bowl for the Bengals. But uh, O'Connell's play design has been rumored to be, like, fantastic. He has played a very big role in play design because even he's the offensive corner but was not calling the plays because we all know McVay calls the shots. At least it has been reported that O'Connell is not calling the plays. But it also has been reported that his play design, um, pregame, stuff like that with McVay has been absolutely fantastic. He knows how to design an offense and has been really well-loved by players. So I think that's big. Um, I really think, especially moving in the young direction, which this Vikings franchise is going now with O'Connell and Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, GM, I think that is really fantastic. This grade is going to be hindered because – we will know in two to three years, did they make a mistake by letting Jim Harbaugh leave the building without a contract? I don't love mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh as necessarily as like the person and his like coaching tactics, but he is a proven winner. 
I mean, he won at San Francisco and they lost after he left and he won at Michigan. I won enough, I guess he never got to the national championship, but he won enough. Um, I think that's, what's going to be the big thing here is did they make a mistake by letting Harbaugh leave? I don't think so. I love that they're moving with a young offensive coach, but um, he's definitely unproven. That's for sure. So I'm going to go be here. I definitely think this could be higher though. I'm going to go with an A minus actually. I like mm. this hire a lot. Um, Jim Harbaugh, I would have loved to see him in Minnesota. That would have been my that was my number one uh, candidate. I would have liked to see for the Vikings, but uh, Quasi, I'm sorry, the new GM. They, I mean, they love clearly love what they see in O'Connell um, to make that decision. And I don't know, you're you're going from old school, old man Zimmer to um, this bright young guy that's been working with McVeigh. I like it. Um, I think it's going to be good for Kirk Cousins in that offense. Um, and, yeah, it's. I think the Vikings also have a very talented roster, so this is something that could um, really work well in the next year or two. And I think at the very least, this is a big culture reset because I didn't, even as a fan of following it, I didn't know it, but after the season ended after Zimmer firing, it was not a good culture whatsoever. There were a lot of players who kind of came out and said they didn't necessarily – uh, love the culture that are being set. Um, a couple of guys wanted more focus on um, a better treatment of the younger players. I mean, we all saw Zimmer's quote about Kellen Mond and how that whole thing went. Um, so I think at the very least with a young GM and a really young coach, I mean, he's about 36, I think it is going to be a lot, lot better of a culture. And I think that will be a start in moving this franchise in the positive direction. Yeah. And just real quick to add on to that, I think, very interesting choice, too. I really didn't expect them to hire uh, Kevin O'Connell, personally. Um, I'm glad they didn't hire Jim Harbaugh. Very was, Wouldn't have been a fan if they hired him. I think that is very ballsy for a new GM to pick, I think, a young, <laughs> a young guy like that as your head coach. Is, I think is a very, very ballsy pick. And, I, you know, I like it. I like, I like the very ballsy pick. He's obviously, you know, like as Ben said, he's obviously an unproven you know, unproven coach, but I mean, you know, is it going to be one of those things where is he going to come in and make that culture change? Is he going to come in and, you know, first year you might not see, you know, it in the record, you might not see it directly, or maybe you could, you know, you never, you never know. I think that division is going to be very interesting next year. And he has a chance to really, really show that he's, you know, he's the guy for that job. So I give it, I, I give it a B. I think it's a, I think it's a decent hiring. Good one, actually. All right. Next one. Jaguars hire Doug Peterson. This is an interesting one. Doug obviously won a Super Bowl in Philly. Has a statue up in Philly. People forget about that. Um, took the year off coaching. I think he coached high school. Um, I saw a couple videos. But uh, call me crazy. Call me crazy. But I think this is the best coaching hire. I think this is perfect. Peterson is a great offensive mind and i see a lot of similarities with that super bowl champion eagles team and this jaguars team and you know worst case or best case scenario i think the jaguars will actually be able to compete if healthy next year with this hire i give this a solid a not an a plus not perfect but i give it an a i like this hire a lot too i mean i'm higher on doug peterson than most I knew his time was filled with over, and I didn't think it was because of his fault. I think it was mainly because of how he Roseman and his, especially the last couple years, how he drafted and put together that roster and the Gwent situation. 
I don't necessarily blame Doug Peterson for that. I think he's a really good coach and will, at the very least, drastically improve tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence's development. So just that alone makes this a B plus. They may not even win, but I think it'll be a big improvement for Trevor Lawrence because he was not getting that in the coaching department last year. Yeah, this is an A for me. Um, when you look at Jacksonville, um, there are a, there were a handful of teams that were viewed as better jobs than them, uh, but they have Trevor Lawrence, and the fact that they were still able to land—I mean, the guy—the guys won a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be. Um, very beneficial for Lawrence um, and the, just the culture of that Jacksonville team. This is still going to be a process, going to be a few years, but I think this hire will have them. It's, it's not a revolution, you know, it's, it's nothing insane, but I think it does push them in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, real, and real quick on that. I actually am not the biggest fan of the Doug Peterson hire. I think, but I think saying that, too, it makes a lot of sense. You bring in a Super Bowl champion. You've got a young quarterback, Doug Peterson. He's got all the experience. That's never the question on it. It's just, I mean, even watching the Eagles teams over the last few the last few years, I just, there's something about Doug Peterson play calling, and there's something about just some of the decisions he makes blows my mind. Maybe, you know, well, just, I mean, there's there are some plays oh, he calls are just they're just um bad, very bad, very stupid, make me you know very questionable calls. But I mean, you can't blame the hire, especially with whatever you know that dumpster fire of a coach they brought in this year, that the whole mess they had. But you know, <laughs> that was that was a joke. But I mean, I think that's a good, I think it's a good for the young quarterback. Personally, I'm not I'm not a fan. I'm not super high on Peterson. But I think you gave that one. I think you give that one a B. I think that one's in the middle. It's what they needed to do. So, really quick here before we move on, I think another big thing that I didn't mention is the fact Doug Peterson played quarterback himself in the NFL, and I think that is one of the best things possible that you can give a young developing quarterback, someone who has played in the league and done it and has that experience. I mean, I mean, not that Doug Peterson was a great quarterback, but to start in the NFL like he did, you have to be one of the best in the world at the time. And I think that is severely undervalued and the experience that he will bring to their franchise guy. That's true. Trevor showed some great promise at the end of the year, too. True. We're through that. Um, Let's make these last three real quick. I got to get to bed. I got to test in the morning. (laughs) But uh, uh, Mike McDaniels, OC from San Francisco, going to Miami. I just think he's a little young. And obviously, I got a little build bias, but I'm giving him a B minus. A plus because he's an incredible person and I could watch his press conferences all this day is true. long. He is a great guy. I mean, if if you don't think that that dude has funny content every time he steps to the podium, <laughs> yes. I don't know. And at the very least, he has he's very good with play design, especially in the run game. So, um, I'm I'm, I'm saying A plus really, but not really, but yes, really. Okay, I'll give it a B. Um, I've heard he's in, an incredible offensive mind. Uh, but is he a leader of men? It's hard to it. Now this is this could be unfair, but it's hard to envision um, him being leading a football team. It's I don't know. It's mm. I, I think I think you can see where I'm coming from here. He looks like a guy that plays League of Legends in his mom's. <laughs> yes. So yes. I'm gonna give it a B, um, and we'll see if they decide to or we'll see we'll see how the Tua project goes after this year. Yeah, and, and real quick about him, I, he, I he's an obvious players coach. I think I think that's he's a character. He's a players coach. I think he's a 
a guy that also knows just how to get the most out of what he has. You know, he's not afraid to try different things, put people in different spots. I mean, he's Debo Samuel. He's see all the stuff that they changed around this year. So I'm, I'm actually a real big fan. I give it an A. I think it's a great hire. I think it's, you know, and I, I, he's obviously hilarious. I mean, he's, he's quite the character. And I think players appreciate that guys that don't have to take themselves too seriously. So. All right. Next one. Texans hire. Lovey Smith. My only knock on this is that I think Lovey Smith can still have potential to be a decent head coach, but I just, I don't know what the Texans are doing. Are they trying to lose? Are they, they just seem like they're just not trying to do anything right now with that. I have to give D. I'm in the same boat here. I actually like Lovey Smith as a coach, but I simply do not get firing Cully to promote from within the organization. If you were going to fire Cully to go out and make a gigantic upgrade, especially with the absolute plethora of good coaching candidates that were on the market this year, sure, do that. But I think Cully overachieved, and then to fire him to promote from within the organization makes zero sense to me. So this is not even because I think Lovey Smith is a bad coach. It just makes zero sense. This is also a D. Uh, it's, it's just a bad organization continuing to do bad organization things. Yep, you read my mind. It's a D. I would have stuck with uh... – Coley, I'm not going to spend much time on this one, but no. uh, it, it, you're right. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. Yep, that's. I mean, it's an easy one. That's a D. It's, uh, it's the worst one. Blows my mind. They fired David Coley. I, I thought he did great. I didn't think he was doing anything wrong. He got a lot out of those guys on one-year contracts that they signed. Yep, fire. I mean, firing your head coach to pro- promote within the organization, but blows my mind that they did that to him. And then you hire Lovey Smith, and I'm just. I, yeah, when I don't you know. Look at, when you look at what Davis Mills did down the stretch and you how they competed in those last few games when they absolutely uh, they beat the Jags, they beat the Chargers, um, and then they almost beat Tennessee in week 18. And Tennessee was playing for the one seed, so they were playing tough too. Exactly. All right, final one. Saints promote defensive coordinator, head coach, Dennis Allen. Once again, I don't know much about Dennis Allen, but I do know that the New Orleans defense last handful of years has been really good. And my only knock on him is that the Saints need help with offense right now. They haven't really had a quarterback that can throw the ball downfield in probably four years. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to help their offensive situation. With that, I'll give it a B-. minus. I'm going B minus here too. I think this was the right choice. Um, this is a situation where I think you promote from within the organization. Um, like you said, Donovan defense has been really good the last couple of years under Allen. I don't know how good it be as, as a head coach, but I expect the defense to keep it up. They'll most likely have to figure out the Michael Thomas situation. I'm expecting him to get moved real quick. I honestly, out of all the places, once Sean Payne retired, I thought this is maybe where Eric Bieniemy might bend up. Obviously did not. They did interview him, but this is would have been my pick as soon as Payton retired. Regardless, I think this was the smartest pick. Um, you kind of continue what you've already built, especially with, I mean, defense is mostly locked in. They're gonna have to figure out some cap things. Maybe they fix that by moving on from Thomas. But outside of moving on from Thomas and finding a quarterback, it is the rest is pretty much the same. So why shake it up? Continue with what has worked at least on the defensive side. So. I, I say that like it's an easy fix to move a star wide receiver and find a franchise quarterback, but I, I still think it was the smartest decision. He, uh, Dennis Allen should not be a head coach in the NFL. 
Did you say um, B or D? D. D. To be fair, oh, remember wow. Dennis Allen is a former Raiders failed head coach. <laughs> yeah. um, I came uh... in when, when I started watching football, Dennis Allen was our head coach. He was a monstrosity <laughs> of a head coach. Um, he should never be a head coach again. This is uh, hella this is ironic not, considering this your is thoughts not on McDaniels <laughs> learning from his failures. But Alan the fact that I, you know he's he's went just won Super Bowls with uh, Bill Belichick, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a no. This is not the guy to replace Sean Payton. Uh, and when you combine that with their offense right now and their quarterback situation, uh, it's a no for me. Do not like the hire. I love the hire. I think Ben nailed it when you say you promote. This is the situation where you promote from the inside the organization. I kind of figure. I mean, I think a lot of people figured this one was coming. You're you're in cap hell at the moment. You know, it's not. You might, and I think that they know they're going to have probably at least a rough year here. I think they're going to have some tough time getting out of that. I think you promote within. You don't invest too much in a coach right now. You promote Dennis Allen. Obviously, he had a he had a few rough years with the Raiders. Yeah, get a yeah two three year span. Get a get a rough get a rough go at it. But you know, he's been a, I think he's been with the Saints for oh he's been with them for a while six seven eight years something like that. But he's been with them for a while. It makes a lot of sense. It's you know that was an easy pick one. So I actually give that one an A minus. I think that's a, you do what you have to do. I think it's smart actually. All right, that's going to wrap up our Super Bowl predictions, our coaching carousel update and grades. Um, I just got to apologize. We haven't been here in a couple weeks. So thank you all for listening this week. And uh, thank you, David, for being here. I know uh, this is something we've tried to work on for the last couple weeks now, trying to get you on. Yes, um, but thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, any last words you have, David? Uh, no, I just want to uh, thank Donnie, Colin, and Ben for having me on. You know, I like to listen, and it's always – I always love sitting and talking about sports, so it's, so it's always fun. So it was good to sit down and talk with you guys for a little bit, get some things, and, you know, hopefully get some some good energy going into the sun, this Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know. But once again, thank, sure. thank you guys for having me work. on. Yeah, of yeah. course. That we're once again for your team this Sunday. At least I am. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. David, the goats, thanks man. for coming. Thanks for coming on. We'll have you on again sometime soon for sure. Yes, thank sir. you all for listening. Remember to like, subscribe, share, give a five star, leave a comment, follow us on Twitter, and I'll see you in the next one. And sorry, uh, Mickey Guyton, one last time. Sorry, Mickey <laughs> Guyton. Apologize for that. Uh, but we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.